Pipe Network presents. On this episode of Season 4, Let's Talk. It's kind of cool if you think of it now. But during that time, I was so nervous. I was so young to take on, on that responsibility. I don't really know how to handle it. I don't really know how I would react to it. It was the first time that I saw someone got stabbed, you know. And I think that's part of life, you know. It makes us stronger. It makes us wiser. And from those mistakes, we we realize that we need more training. We realize that we need to improve ourselves. And that's what we did. We learned from the situation. Hey folks, welcome back to The Rajiv Show and I'm your host Rajiv Doreswami and this show aims to help reach out to those who are currently struggling in life and to remind you that life is indeed beautiful when you're inspired to make it your own. Before we get into this episode, don't forget to like, share and subscribe to whichever platform you are using. And if you want to connect with me, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and on TikTok at The Rajiv Show. Hey folks, welcome back to The Rajiv Show. And um, wow, this is going to be a special, special episode. Uh, this is, I think, my second conversation with a fellow Ibaloy. And hopefully we're going to have a little bit more of a cultural awake- awakening with the Ibaloy culture in this conversation. One thing is, um, my guest today is a legend here in Latinidad. And uh, hopefully we're going to grab a beer after this whole pandemic is done. Uh, folks, let me introduce my guest, Nick Satur Jr. Hey, pal, how you doing? Hey, doing great, doing great, brother. <laughs> so, um, before we get into this entire conversation about culture and everything else in between, Uh, could you give a little bit of background uh, about yourself to my listeners? Okay. Um, at present, I am a motivational speaker, a trainer. I am an academician, a marketing enthusiast. Basically, I am a revenue optimizer consultant. So I help businesses increase their revenue or optimize their revenue when it comes to customer engagements, when it comes to creating their strategies, public relations, and content creation strategies. That's what I do right now. But prior to that, I was an event organizer for so long. So in La Trinidad Benguet, I started doing events since 2002 until 2000. And 15, you know, so that's who I am, brother. 2015, ironic. That was the year I came back. <laughs> that's really <Wow>. interesting. <laughs> yeah. During that time, I was handling Battle of the Bands, the biggest events here in Baguio and La Trinidad. Hmm. I've handled the first Woodstock in the Philippines. Hmm. So I was jamming with Pepe Smith, all the rock stars, you know. 
During Panagbenga, we're always out. Uh, we're always with the bands, with oh. Bombo Radio, and with the event organizers as well. So, before going professional, hmm. during my college days, that what, that's what I do. Aside from having my own bar in the restaurant, which is Quattro Bar, hmm. located in Kilometer 4, you know, we were also conducting events. We were creating concerts we were creating battle of the bands and those were the rock and roll moments of our lives you know mm. yeah interesting. interesting that's that's fascinating band music you already got me we got some stuff to unravel there <laughs> <laughs> yes brother but before we of course unravel into all the stuff uh all these juicy conversations uh, about business and event and music. Let's let's take let's take a time travel experiment and then let's go back into the past. If you and I were classmates in high school, um, who were you in high school? Are you the are you the energetic type, the competitive? You know, and um, uh, uh, how would you classify yourself as silent type? Uh, are you with the chicks or you know? <laughs> Off in the off alone, you know, with guitar at hand or any of that <laughs> stuff. Yeah, well, when I was in high school, I grew up in St. Louis Boys High, so mm. basically we were all boys. The first girlfriend I had when was when I was in college already. So during high school, we were we were the friendly type mm. of guys, but we were also kind of the black sheep of the classroom hmm. we were the funny guys the teacher's enemy we could say yeah. but at the same time we were also the ones stopping our, our, our classes maybe not all classes uh, not in mathematics but in other subjects I could yeah. say that we were the guys who were the best in a lot of things yeah. even in stupid stuff as well as <laughs> in funny stuff you know yeah. And we were the friendly guys. We were the. If you and I were um, classmates in high school, mm. we would definitely be friends. You know? mm. That was who I was in high school. Interesting. I I, I like how uh, um, uh, you guys were the troublemakers, but still, it, it's kind of weird combination. Troublemakers, but still, you guys are the best of the best, huh? <laughs> That's that's the weirdest combination yeah. I've ever uh, thing, I've <laughs> I've ever heard. You know, <laughs> it's rare. Exactly. It's like a rare Pokemon or something. <laughs> yeah, interesting. You know, it's funny. There was a time that we took the exam. Hmm. We took the exam, yet we were drunk. I oh. think I was in third year high school. We were huh. we we drank prior to uh, in our lunch break. Huh. And we took the exam by around 1 p.m. And we finished our exams prior to the time. Thing? And yet, we passed the exams. You know? <laughs> wow. That Our classmates were actually bewildered. How did we do that? How did we pull that off? I mean, uh, you know, a lot of things we do in high school. Is that like grade A, like, you know, the top, top class? Or is it just like the passing mark uh, thing? 
Oh, no, no, grades. no. It's just the passing mark. Ah, okay. You know, we were. I am not part of the science section or what, you know. But <laughs> uh, we were the we were the students who had fun, but at the same time, we don't flunk any subjects. Uh, it's just curbing so it's kind that of balance of everything. Ah, so you guys were just curbing the mark just to get get across. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, but we have a high marks. No, surprisingly. Yeah. You mentioned college event organization. Um, how how did that start? I mean, take me back to the story. How did how did you get into event organizer? I'm I'm actually curious to saying because um, I I I I think I also did my fair share of event organization, and I noticed it's one of the stressful things, especially alongside college. That's like the worst uh, thing. <laughs> Could you take me back to that story? What happened there? How did you get involved there? Well, I remember the first time that a classmate of mine approached me. He was a DJ in a radio station. Hmm. And they were creating this first Battle of the Bands Bulaklak Rock competition. Hmm. You know? And during that time, I was, I was very active as a student leader hmm. in our organization of marketing. And he asked me if have I ever handled concerts or events? And during that time, I never have any experience. I only have experience creating events in school, like the quiz B for the organization, hmm. a, a seminar for a class or or our batch, and that's it. Then suddenly he asked me if I could handle Battle of the Bands, and I said I never had any experience, but if you gonna give me the opportunity to work with you on that I think I can pull it off and hmm. it started from there I told my cousins my cousins were very supportive of me they were part of my team and hmm. we held the first Bulak Lakrak a Battle of the Bands competition we were part of the um, the team who organized it I was not the main organizer but that's where I got hooked with event organizing no, that's where I love the crowd I love the passion I love the noise mm. you know the, the, the thrill no. and yeah and from there on I had event from event from event and continuous events until 2015 wow must have been fun <laughs> what was uh... it was it was fun I'm sure with the with all the excitement and all the saying, I'm sure you had your fair share of um, crazy moments, you know, especially handling bands, you know, what is the worst of the worst uh, experience that you've had? <laughs> we started off good, now we're taking oh. it in the negatives. <laughs> okay. Well, even until now, I remember it so clearly. Yeah. There was one event. Hmm. It's actually an Oktoberfest concert hmm. with known artists. And there was a crowd riot and oh. someone got stabbed. Which, Ouch. during that time, I was way back, way, way far from, from the scene. Hmm. And I only have my people to handle it and apparently they haven't handled it well 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, some, someone gets stabbed because security is one of my main accountability. Mm. You know? So that time, of course, all the blame went to me. And as the leader of the group, I need to I need to take accountability and responsibility for that. Mm. And yeah, even until this day, it still haunts me. And even until this day, we still talk about it. Mm. You know. And well, th- that's normal in events. You know, it it happens. Mm. We can't really have it perfectly, but we can just do so much. We can just do our best. You know. What's ironic is they were there were policemen and guards around. Mm. Yet they haven't mitigated the situation. They haven't prevented the situation. Mm. But as I've mentioned with you know how how rock and roll concerts could be so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Especially the punk scenes. And I think that was the first time. Yeah, I think. Exactly. It was a uh, rock and roll, hardcore metal stuff. Ah. You know, and that was the. Uh, I think that was the reason why Oktoberfest was banned during the first time here in Baguio. But what? How was the settings like? What was the setting there like? Was it open air or was it in Burnham? It was an open ground. Yes, it was in Athletic Ball. Ah. Oh wow! That's that's a that's an event. A man can only make it. <laughs> a man who is actually in, who's uh, who's an actual <laughs> musician would make would have made it if they'd actually performed in the athletic bowl. But man, exactly, wow! Exactly, brother. And that's that's yeah. what well, that's facing towards the bleachers, right? That's uh, that's where the thing is, right? Yeah, it is. Wow! And you know, it's pretty cool. We... <laughs> Pretty cool, pretty cool. And cool. cool if you think of it now. But during yeah. that time, I was so nervous. I was so young huh. to take on on that responsibility. Huh. I don't really know how to handle it. I don't really know how I would react to it. It huh. was the first time that I saw someone got stabbed. Oh, man. You know? And I think that's part of life, you know. Yeah. It makes us stronger. It makes us wiser. And from those mistakes, we... We realized that we need more training. We realized that we need to improve ourselves. Mm. And that's what we did. We learned from the situation. I like it. I like how you transitioned this to motivation all of a sudden. I was hoping to actually put motivation in the last, but since you built it up to the motivation. Um, I got to ask because um, for me, I'm, I'm, I've always wanted to get into motivational stuff, uh, inspirational stuff. And uh, I think uh-huh. we, you and I have a mutual friend, the legendary Bryken Daya, which I had a conversation. I had a pleasure having oh, yeah. a conversation with. And that that's how I know you, actually, <laughs> is through yeah. Bryken Daya. Is that um, I've always wanted to get into the motivational stuff. It's just that um, uh, I, I don't know where to start. What What's the best way to start? I, I know it's a weird question to ask when, when it comes to motivation, inspiration, you know, being a public speaker. Where uh-huh. do you start, basically? Honestly speaking, if I could be honest to you, hmm. I start with pain. The reason I became a motivational speaker is because I had a lot of pain. 
I, I experience a lot in life. You know? Hmm. I, I, I attempted suicide thrice. I was depressed. Hmm. Not only once, not only twice, but I got depressed thrice. Hmm. You know? And, and this is where I get my motivation. I cannot motivate others if I haven't gone through it. And I think, yeah, you start with your core. Motivation starts always with your core. And I do believe that you need to motivate yourself in order to motivate others. You can't fake it till you make it. Hmm. You need to go through it. You need to undergo it. You need to experience it. Hmm. You know, Likewise, in business, it's the same. You can always learn from our mentors, but you know it's still totally different if you've experienced it by yourself. Hmm. Yeah. So sometimes, as a motivational speaker, they just look at the bright side. They just look at who you are right now. Hmm. Oh. But they haven't seen who you were back then and what you did to get there. There were times that I wanted to quit, hmm. you know, and it was hard. The, the 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 journey was not easy, and that's where you get motivation. That's where you get to inspire others by telling them your story. That's where you that's where you get words to say to people, hmm. you know. If you can just only see me, brother, I have tattoos all over my body. Mm. I tattooed my whole life in my body. It ex- it depicts the picture of what happened to me in the past, mm. what happened to my family, you know. All those difficulties you know, became, you know, became an opportunity. Those adversity was my university. And that's where I get motivation and inspiration. And that's where I get stories to tell people. Because, you know, especially kids right now, uh, the, the the gap between the seniors, millennials, mm. you know, the generation Y, I think it's, it's best to share these stories, share our story. Because sometimes we just don't know the impact that we could create to people's lives. Just by telling them your story and how you actually, how you actually, gone through those difficulty. Mm. Oh. Wow. Yeah, That's and very as I mentioned, I uh, yes, yeah. bro. And I'm always telling telling the youth, no, mm. that don't let yesterday take up too much of today. I have a I have done a lot of mistakes in the past. Hmm. And if I would actually dwell on those mistakes, I can never move on. So I always tell them, don't let yesterday take up too much of today. You know. Yeah. And you know, we learn from our failure. We seldom do we learn from our success. Hmm. You remember during we we had those exams in high school and in college? Hmm. 
that whenever there's one thing you haven't answered, yeah, then you finish your exam, you submitted your exam, you go out and open your notes, and you find the answer to that question. Yeah. Remember that, you know, and that's how we learn. You don't <laughs> learn from your success; you learn from the failures. Yeah. So unfortunately, like like for us, you know, there there are times that it took us time in order for us to learn. You know? Yeah, because of you know social media, because of what we we always take into consideration what other people thinks, mm. the what the society will say, you yeah. know. This kinds of this kinds of mindset actually brings us down and instead of bringing us to higher ground it actually pulls us down to failure so there you go these are the things that we could share uh, for leadership talks motivational speeches that's where I actually get my my contents uh, hope that was helpful brother yeah it was very deep introspective because I'm looking back at uh, saying I know this, the stuff that I've shared in the past, you know, it kind of it kind of makes sense. Um, I, I'm sure I've mentioned this countless times already that my my story, I, I think I shared the same. Uh, it was just that um, I think my outlook and um, the outcome of how things were is uh, in, in my life was much more different and um Every day is always a struggle. It's always a constant struggle. And I kind of... Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. The funny thing about me is that, um, you know, I kind of embrace the negativity as its own entity in, in my life. And um, uh, throughout my life, yeah, it's throughout my life during the entire span of things, none of it, looking back at it, none of it really was worth any... Uh, any of those memories that I, I really wish I would have enjoyed that I envy from a lot of people. Um, one thing I've always... Um, I, I don't think I have shared this with anyone is that... Um, I, I always... Uh, I've always wanted to have certain things in high school that... Uh, same thing in college actually. It's ironic. Prior to this conversation, it was 2020. Um, and uh, also in my high school... Uh, that um, the graduation, you know, in India, I actually, when I was in high school in India, um, you know, uh-huh. my my sister and, of course, my batch, uh, and uh, they, they, the one thing that I really enjoy watching is, you know, there's something about um, graduation, you know, it's, um, it, it's something about it's something about letting go of it in that moment, you know, living in that moment. And um, it's it, <laughs> the funny part about that, it kind of haunted me uh, as I continue in the story, is that I have actually missed out when I failed my 8th grade or 8th standard. Uh, I never had the opportunity to get that, you know, that ending, like that final overture for at least my high school, which I kind of wish I yeah. really wanted. And uh, uh, when when I went to college uh, and then music and you know I, I had to go through the the stuff 
um, I'd expected at least I'd demand retribution from what I didn't get from high school. <laughs> the irony of it is that um, <laughs> I don't really take it as bad blood. But yeah, I kind of missed uh-huh. the opportunity of having, you know, the, the, the that that opportunity, you know, to to share that moment with my parents and, you know, have that moment. It's it's kind of strange because when I graduated it was in the middle of the pandemic, so it was kind of um kind of like the history repeated itself. <laughs> kind of thing. It was Yeah, yeah. Depressing. Yeah. It was really sad and depressing. I haven't shared this with anyone. I actually haven't shared this moment with anyone. It's just that, you know, up to that point I I realized that I I think I'm bound for negative things that's most likely going to happen. And um thinking positive is kind of the uh I I don't know. There's something about thinking positive that uh I don't know how I can I, I don't know how I'm communicating it but there's something about it that doesn't make me work well with it or something. I don't know if I actually got the message through. It's very deeply yeah, philosophical. I, I, I understand you. Exactly. I, I I feel you brother. I understand you. During this pandemic, you know, the irony is I was a motivational speaker but during this pandemic I got depressed. Hmm. You know. I got so depressed Pressed because everything was everything was going wrong. Huh. There was no job, no trainings. Our business was closed. Hmm. There was no delivery here for for Luzon. We have a business wherein we uh, we are the distributor of one of the uh, food meat products hmm. here in Baguio and Benguet. Hmm. So, during that time, we have no income. There were no trainings. There, as, as in brother, there was no money coming in. And every day we're spending every day. The pandemic created a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety in us. And then suddenly, I lost my five-year relationship. You know, and it hurts. And if you say that, hey, you just need to think positive, this is yeah. always the battle cry of a lot of people. Yeah. That in those negativity, you just need to think positive. But sorry to curse, but I think it's bullshit. You know? Yeah. It's true. You can't really think positive when you're already so down. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It's true. It's... But you know what? For me, mm. I, I believe, bro, that Whenever you're down, you won't go anywhere. Just up. So, hmm. yeah. After being so down, after being so down, it actually, it actually created a moment for me to reflect, hmm. reflect on things, recalibrate my goals, repurposing, and to actually create new goals. And during that time, I think it was around August. Hmm. During that time, I was so down. I was so depressed. I have my anxiety was so strong that I actually my body chills and shivers. Hmm. You know, so I need to take my mind off of those things. I need to, I need to find something to do. 
in order for me to cope up with that because I need I need to snap out of it. Mm. People are depending on me. I have my cousins, I have my I have my daughter depending on me. So I can't really give up, you know. And you know, that's that's what's hard. We're in we may we may experience a lot of um failures we might feel defeated knocked down hmm. you know? but as they say failure builds character hmm. you no know? we must not let it stop us and during that time uh I haven't also shared this to anybody, you know. It's kind of embarrassing to share it, but, hmm. you know, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with Rajiv, you know. Um, I was so depressed with my love life, with the business, with with everything that's happening to me. And what I did is I enrolled in law school. Hmm. You know, I need to take my mind off of these things. So mm. what I did is to enroll in something I know would be very challenging for me. Mm. I know that would get my focus out of that negativity. You know? And yeah, we just finished my first our, our first semester at mm. law school. And you know, it was crazy, crazy, crazy to enroll. It was difficult, it was fun, it was exciting, it was scary. At the same time, I was depressed. Huh. And I'm getting more depressed when I enrolled law school because the subject was so hard. There's so much to read. Yeah. You know. But what's so this? Like when, when yeah. Bachelor's or doctorate? What what's this? Master's, doctorate, what's this? Uh course. Law school, brother. Law school. Which degree? College of law. It is a doctorate degree. Wow. Oh, that's the highest of highest. Yes, the highest of highest. I enrolled in the University of the Cordilleras. Mm. And, you know, I was so depressed and I said, well, let me enroll into, into this difficult course in order for me not to be depressed. Mm. And then I got more depressed because we only have like two to three hours sleep because we need to read a lot of cases. Huh. There was this one subject wherein we had like around 120 cases to read huh. and digest. You know, it was so depressing because you feel that 24 hours is not enough. Yeah. But then you learn, you learn to adapt to the situation. You learn to create strategies in order for you to read those cases, do those assignments, despite of having a job, despite mm. of doing your own or your work from home, despite of what you're feeling, despite of those emotions, you know. And as I've mentioned, failure builds character. It pushes you to become better. And it pulls you towards your vision. Before me enrolling into law school, as mm. I've mentioned a while back, the pandemic has has, has provided fear, mm. anxiety, and depression. Mm. 
But at the same time, it has also created opportunity for repurposing opportunity to yeah. have your mm. me time mm. or your alone moment and for you to realize what is the meaning of life what is the meaning of success and then suddenly this was the time where I created new goals I created a new purpose Hmm. You know, and it totally changed me. It totally changed my life. I suddenly decided to get fit. Hmm. I weigh like around 120 kilograms um, last March. Hmm. And right now I weigh around 87 kilos. You know, because that's part of my goal already wow. to become healthy. Amazing. You know? Amazing. To become wealthy, to become healthy. Yeah. Mm. And that's what the pandemic creates. That's how depression is both you know, negativity at the same time opportunity. It just depends on how we how we deal with it, how we cope with it. We have different coping mechanisms. Mm. But definitely, brother, what I can tell you is that we always need help you know yeah and we cope with things differently and you can't just say that hey think positive oh, come yeah. on man really <laughs> how can you yeah you know? yeah it, you, exactly bro it, since you really expect yeah mm. Uh, yeah, wow, this is ahead. a very, very, this is actually, <laughs> never expected this to be my second most emotional or third. I don't rem- I don't really count anymore how many emotional <laughs> conversations I've had, but this one's also gotten me to tears. So yeah, um, one thing that I wanted to share is that, I, I, I don't know, this is, I know this is irrelevant, but since you, you used the word reflection, you know, this was, this is the time of reflection, reassessing. And you know, figuring out what it is, what is life. Yeah. I this this one thing strange about me. I, I um I know all of us are built differently, but the fact that we have brains, we have everything similar. It's just that um I just want to lighten this up a bit. But yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's funny when when it came to learning uh, and uh, reflecting. Most of the things, one thing that I really enjoyed doing, I, I don't know if I've shared this before, is that when I was, when the pandemic, before the pandemic happened, you know, I used to sit with my mentor after class and then it, it, it's strange enough, uh, relevant stuff that I study in college, even if I put the effort, even if I put in the fuel and everything. It's funny that uh-huh. once that semester yeah. is done, I kind of, it's kind of like a delay response <laughs> and um, this, this happens due to my ability to reflect and um, earlier on I used to walk from Baguio to Latrine I've done it more than 20 times I think so yeah it's like uh, wow. coming back actually I haven't done going from Latrinidad to Baguio and 
coming back is much more easier because you're walking down a hill. It's like walking down a downwards hill. Going upwards is much more of a pain in the ass. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, during, <laughs> yeah, yeah. During those times, there were many, many things that I've learned, reflected upon, and um, there were even times that um, there's this one particular moment that I remember, the which is ironic enough. Uh, it, uh, it, it's connected to what you said. Every bad memory become some sort of experience that you know is worth sharing and here I want to share this one with you is that we had a play and uh, uh-huh. you know UB they have the big ass buildings and everything so during yeah. our play um, the location of our building was somewhere in heaven somewhere in one apartment in heaven because that was so high uh, <laughs> and um, I remember this uh, specifically because um, this was one of the most Um, interesting moments of my life because um, uh, this this would have been had not been for that one particular shop nearby uh, saying I would have died on the street because um, during the play uh, of course all our classes were cancelled during that day and everything uh-huh. and then um, we went into the play and then like I said the, the building was in heaven and all the class uh, uh, uh We we had like two shows because uh, saying it was good, it was successful, and it was funny. The person that uh, directed it was also a, uh, yeah, it was a guest in my show. So we uh-huh. we had like <clears throat> it it was exhausting, and then I think I remember at that time uh, the props that I carried because we had to set it up on the day. I think we had to set it up on the day before or set it, and then uh, I think uh, of course you know the the weight that doubles up in in a bag. <laughs> you know when I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think someone requested it because it was part of the props part of the backdrop and all that stuff they were looking for something that would replace a wall because the scene was uh, the scene of the area was bedroom scene and uh, it was a bedroom of uh-huh. uh, of a character so there was no blanket so I said okay I'll, I'll just get my blanket it was funny I thought it was gonna be light <laughs> But then I realized it doubled up uh-huh. the weight because, granted, after that, I think I had my suit and everything. I had a lot of things, and it doubled up in my bag, and it was like I was carrying Mount Everest in my bag. And uh, <laughs> uh-huh. that's not the worst part of it all. Was after we finished up our play, uh, there was uh, I, I realized this now that. Um, I do enjoy it though that I had like an M- it was an MWF schedule so I had a class somewhere from 7 to 8 <laughs> and uh, it was ironic we we finished we wrapped up around 6:30ish or something and then we had to come back from heaven to earth and then the room the, the classroom was you know another floor up so it was really exhausting going back I was I was dead <laughs> when I got into class I don't even remember uh-huh. what I learned during that time And the worst part of it is that um, I think this was the time when uh, this was the time when cabs started charging more, and I think there was a story where the cabs starting charging so much more on the fees and something. So from uh-huh, yes, yes, wherever you from wherever you started from Baguio, it's doubled what it is when you used to pay. And um, at that time, I yeah. said I was not taking a risk because. 
um, I'm from La Trinidad, so I had to look for a specific uh, jeep that would take. Unfortunately, all public transportations were beaten out. And I think at that time, 8 p.m., I think um, the jeep that was leading towards my home was already gone. So there was no backup, no contingency, no nothing. So there I am uh, in my uh, character suit uh, with blanket in the back and I think some backup clothes and I, I don't remember what else I, I was parking. Exhausted, tired, drained, um, you know, uh, I was I was fuel dead. <laughs> the moment I came back from UB, yeah, you know, yeah. there's that hill that goes down. And then um, from there, exactly. you know, I was walking straight into Session Road. I had no choice because I had no transportation. I can I couldn't afford a cab at that time. I think I was re- I was uh, saying, and uh, mom was already at home. I think at that time because during that time, also one more thing to add on during that time was Pinak Benga was on. So imagine the traffic oh, uh, yeah. thing. Imagine it, the people. Yeah. yeah. Traffic. It, it was funny. Congestion. <laughs> Speaking yeah. about mom. Is that I invited her, but she completely forgot about it. And then when we, we, when I was looking from the place where we were, the thing, especially from SLU to the thing, that was really compact. Like there were taxis, cabs, everything was saying during the evenings or afternoons. It was so jam packed that you know everyone's honking at each other. So you know she couldn't make it, and uh, yeah, um, I had no choice. Continuing into the story, I had no choice, but I had to walk. And somewhere mid mid between Hotel Supreme, I think that is like the central point from heading uh, entering into La Trinidad. You know, um, yeah. I was really so exhausted that I needed fuel, so I needed to find something to eat, something to munch. And uh, I think I had like 50 bucks or 20 bucks in my pocket. So uh, there was this shop that was near. Um, Near this uh, Pandesal area, uh, griller somewhere near the area. I, I'm sure you know this. Uh, for those Latinidad folks who are tuning in, I'm sure you also know this place. Uh, grillers back. Uh, there was that barbecue place somewhere nearby that area. There's an entry which had that Pandesal and then some driver's license, uh, driver's thing school somewhere there. I, I I don't know if you remember uh-huh. that place. So there's a shop nearby, yeah. and I picked up some chips. I was so exhausted. I I thought I would pass out because. The bag was already starting to get into my thing, and I don't know if I was wearing a shoulder bag or I was wearing uh, the uh, high school bag, but yeah, it was heavy. And uh, I managed to st- uh, stick it out till I reached home, and wow, that was one hell of an experience. <laughs> Reflecting on that moment, <laughs> I never thought I'd actually go home. That and countless other <laughs> drinking moments that I never expect I'd go home. That was like the worst of worst. <laughs> To be honest, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yes, uh, I'm sure during that time there were also fears. You, there were fear inside you. You were afraid on some point that you don't um, know what would happen because you were so exhausted. At, you know? at that point, uh, since I've been doing it already, like I, I'm already used to walking. Uh, especially, you mentioned working out. Uh, there were also times that I used to do legs, and then you know, when the legs after the legs workout with the squats oh, okay. and all that yeah. stuff. There were many times that uh, I still managed to think, and there was no pain. It's, it's funny, there was no pain. The worst part of this was I've been doing that for almost a you longer got... time, so I kind of got used to it. It uh-huh. was just that 
uh, it was my mind that was competing against my body to make sure that I would have yeah. finished, you know, going home. That was the set goal. And uh, yeah, I think, yeah, that was the, uh, that was very um, shocking. Uh, to me, personally, I didn't, I don't even remember what happened after I was so exhausted. Um, but that was like uh, the beginning of uh, the first experience that I've had because prior to all of the experiences of walking back home especially when uh, oh, the yeah. public transportation is full and all that stuff you know uh, nothing can compare that 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 experience the, to that experience because um, yeah there were that was the time when I was uh, I, I really I had no choice it was not saying it wasn't really something that I wanted to and plus that I was also broke so yeah and um, it was fun, actually. Speaking of all the experiences that I had walking, I mean, coming back to that main point of reflection, life, introspection, I kind of, I kind of miss that because that's the essence of me thinking and me, you know, feeling the breeze. Now with this whole <laughs> pandemic, where you have to look like Darth pandemic. Vader, and, yeah. And uh, it's it's yeah. like a major cosplay event where everybody looks like Darth Vader, and especially when you haven't brushed your teeth, <laughs> you know you're killing yourself <laughs> from the <Yeah>. inside. <laughs> you know, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, weird, um, but yeah, that's that's the life. <laughs> yeah. I read that this year is the year of the rat. I I heard yeah, yeah I, I heard. It, this year is the year of the rat and we live like rats <laughs> the irony we are scared that. to go out yeah. yeah we we hide in our homes we are scared of people you know hmm. we literally we live like rats in the year of the rat you know it's an irony but you know it's how it is we can never foretell what the virus will be in like two three years from now even with the vaccine coming out there's a lot of things that is still uncertain, you know. So, what can we do but to to adapt? This is life. Yeah, I love that song by uh, so, uh, that. That's actually a song. This is life by. Uh, oh no, that's life by James. James Brown did a cover of that life. song. That that's, that's amazing. Yes, yes. I think the original was Frank Sinatra. It's an amazing song. It's funny, okay, I listen okay. to that song. I, I kind of listen to that song from time to time. And uh, yeah. Anyway, um, this 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 first half of this conversation has really been <laughs> emotional. Folks, uh, we're going <laughs> yes, yes, a short break. And we'll come back. We're going to talk about culture, as mentioned in the opening. We're going <laughs> to talk about culture and business. And yeah, folks, we'll be right back after these few short messages. All right. <laughs> See ya. If you want to learn something new or useless about the world around you, why don't you try listening to the Banyu Podcast Reflushed on Spotify, Anchor, or any podcast app that you use. Hey folks, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Rajiv Show. And um, yeah, my guest again is Nick Satur. And um, our first half has been emotional. I, <laughs> it's more like a one-on-one kind of uh, thing. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation is really amazing amazing uh so as mentioned in the introduction um 
Nick Sator, my guest, and I are from the Ibaloy culture. And we want to, uh, during the break, we were actually <laughs> talking about this. We were talking about uh, tribes and stuff. Uh, of course, um, the Ibaloy culture and Igorot culture is one of the most um, famous now because of um, how we are portrayed. And uh, some of the history is actually dying out and um, in our latest generation, uh, since we are transitioning into the Western world, some of it is dying out, especially the old cu- cultures like Pinikpikan. Um, Pinikpikan uh, is still a thing well, for a local Igorot household. Yeah. But now it's not Pinikpikan, it's already fried chicken. It's, it's starting to <laughs> phase out. It's slowly huh. starting to phase out. And um, exactly. yeah, for the, for the originals, the OGs who started it out, I mean, the, the Igorot culture, the origins, I think, uh, for us is um, we we do not know really where we we migrated from. Some would say we we come from the Chinese tribe. Some would say we come from the Indian tribes, earlier settlers. What what I know from my perspective, of course, Nick will give him his own perspective. Is that we uh, we lived in the mountains, so <clears throat> the traditions. Uh, the offerings, uh, especially one of our famous one uh, famous uh, celebration, is of course the kanyao. That is one of the thing that we we live by, and uh, yeah, kanyao, pinikpikan. That's the only thing that I remember off of my culture because I haven't even had the <laughs> chance. What are the other stuff that I missed out, by the way, pal? Uh, well, first and foremost, you know, brother. The the term igorot mm. came from the Spanish word igolotes, golotes, which means that we are from the mountains. The term e in all of the Philippines e is pertaining to a certain place or a certain uh, certain what do you call it, a certain thing like ibaloy. Means that Baloy is it Baloy means a house, mm. so it means people who live in houses. E Baloy, mm. E Locos, Locos means flatland. Mm. So these are the people who live in flatland. E Sagada are the people who live in Sagada, you know. So E, no E is pertaining to from. So when you say E Baloy, these are the people from Baloy. When you say Igorots, these are the people from the mountains. But apparently here in the Cordilleras, when you say Igorot, we have a lot of tribes. Mm. There are a lot of tribes. Yeah. You know, pertaining to Igorots, it's just not one tribe alone. We have the Kankanais, we have the Ibaloys, you know, we have a lot of tribes being an Igorot. Mm. And Ibaloy is one of the oldest tribes, Ibaloy, or sometimes they also call them Nabaloy, mm. Inibaloy, mm. you know. And we're scattered all over Luzon. We have Ibaloys in Cabayan, in the Cordilleras. We have Ibaloys in Vizcaya, mm. you know. We have Ibaloys in Pangasinan. Mm. So, like, like what you said, uh, we never really knew where we came from but 
as of my grandfather, the stories is that we are already settlers here. Mm. We are already the natives here. There was, I, I do agree with you, brother, that there were a lot of culture that was mm. already extinct. Mm. We were the first, Ibaloys were the first to, to actually practice mummification, which mm. right now we don't practice it anymore. Because a lot of a lot of Ibaloys are already Christians, a lot of Ibaloys have already converted. Hmm. Back then we were pagans. And being a pagan is also the main reason why the Cordillera was not uh how do how do we put this? We were we we were one of the strongest point of the hmm. Philippines. And that's the reason that even um, the great generals, their escape plan is to actually run towards the Cordilleras. No, because here in the Cordilleras, we were not occupied by by the Spanish, by the the Japanese. You know, because we were always fighting. Hmm. And when the ethnic groups of the Igorots united they were not defeated by anybody the only time that the Americans penetrated the the Cordilleras Hmm. was when they already created hospitals churches Hmm. roads you know they they introduce they introduce education the first teacher in the Cordilleras was a soldier. So mm. this is how they actually colonize the Igorots through introducing change. But mm. back then during the time of the Spaniards, time of the Japanese, time of you know during those times the Igorots were not conquered and that was the reason that even during that time there were a lot of pagans. The Igorots did not converted into Catholicism hmm. comparing to other areas of, of the Philippines where they were conquered hmm. automatically it's either you kiss the cross or you hmm. get the sword yeah no that's how the Spanish termed it yeah and then for them they their 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 thrust and their mission was the three G's for the Spaniards yeah. it was God gold and glory you know so after getting all the gold or if that area does not have the gold they will present god and if you don't believe in god they will kill you that's the reason you either kiss the cross or you kill or you 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 will you will be you will get killed by the sword you know In some other areas of the southern Visayas, hmm. the Spaniards cannot pronounce their family name. So what they did was everybody should register. Now, if your barangay starts with R, your family name will start with R. Hmm. That never happened with the Cordillerans. Because the Cordillerans were always ready to fight and always ready to die. And during that time, they were already 
being victorious. During that time, they had no military experience, yet hmm. they have defeated the conquerors. You know? But when the Americans came in, they introduced hospitals, medicines, hmm. they introduced education, they introduced churches, and suddenly, the Igorots coming from the mountains, you know, there were missionaries back then, there were priests telling that, hey, you what are sick and yeah. we have we have a cure. vaccines we have medicines because back then bro yeah whenever someone gets sick huh. we don't have any we don't have any medicines aside from the herbal medicines that there was yeah. and during during those times they believe that the gods you know First you. the different gods we have different gods before yeah we have different gods for different things. Mm. We have kabunyan and everything, you know. Mm. And we do the kanyaw. So yeah. even for example, you got malaria, Igorot will tell that hey, you need you need to perform sacrifice. a sacrifice. Yeah. You need to perform a ritual, sacrifice lamb, sa- ah, sorry, sacrifice a pig, sacrifice an animal, you know. And that's that was our culture. And then suddenly the Americans came and say, "Hey, you might die doing your culture, mm. or come to us, get down, yeah. and we'll give you the medicine and you live." And that's how they that's how they got the the Cordillerans to actually have a change of heart. You know, that was when we were already penetrated. Yeah. You know, the and, funny part know, about time, that is. Yeah. Although you made it look like it was the kindest gesture that the Americans would have said, in reality, it was never that kind enough. <laughs> oh yeah, the Americans, um, yeah, they forced it to us. They forced it. They they forced the yeah, culture. They they forced it. They forced the culture. You just made it sound time, a bit know? kind. <laughs> ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, it might sound a bit kind, but. You know, it was the reality that they 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 took advantage of the innocence, mm. you know, of the Cordillerans. And some would say that Cordillerans are actually ignorant and stupid. But I do beg to disagree with that. Because what those Americans think or know might not be known by the Cordillerans, but there are also a lot of knowledge that the Cordillerans know and the Americans don't know. Yeah, you true, know? true. So, it's it's kind of it's kind of ironic when you say that uh, Igorots are stupid because they, during that time, they were farmers. Yeah. Yes, true enough, they were farmers. They were not educated, but you could see that they could create a masterpiece even without education, you know. The Cordillerans from Mountain Province, yeah, yeah, woven stuff, you know. We create our own our own stuff from Hmm. kitchen utensils, from weapons, you know. We create our own during those times. Yet they were not educated, and Mm -hmm. how can they actually tell that? These Cordillerans or the Igorots are actually ignorant. Mm. No, it's just a different perspective. Okay, mm. look at this. They say the Cordillerans are are 
our ignorance, our, our uneducated, our stupid. Well, mm. in fact, the Cordillerans created the the Banawe rice terraces. Yeah, and they they created that marvelous, perfectly engineered rice terraces without any equipments. They use bare hands and their tools. Mm. No. And of all the eight wonders of the world, it is only Banawe rice terraces that was created for life. For a reason of life. It was created because during those times when, uh, you know, the, the Cordillerans or the Igorots live in hunting. Mm. And during those times, they can't hunt anymore because the animals are actually decreasing. The number of animals are actually de- decreasing. And the, the families were... was growing. Yeah. 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 And they realized that we need to do something. So from the, that mountainous area which cannot be planted upon, they devise a strategy where they will create a terrace in order to use the land to cultivate the land mm. and to provide for the family. So it was a reason for life. You know. Taj Mahal was created because of a me- memoir of someone who died, of mm. the wife, mm. right? Oh, the 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 um when in in Rome during that time that the, there there were chaos, in order for them to create entertainment for the people, they built the then Coliseum. They created, they built the Coliseum and created a match between 100 gladiators to kill each other you know the great wall of china was created to prevent outsiders from coming in in order to have a leverage for them to kill their enemies prior to prior for the enemies to entering their territory all of the wonders of the world was created for death the pyramid was created as a burial ground yeah. only only the rice terraces was created for life and yet they say that we are stupid <laughs> where's the logic in that you know and makes sense we don't have any tools we don't have any equipments there were no tractors there were no you know they created that from bare hands and did this happened two thousand three thousand years ago hmm. imagine that and you don't have any known leader you don't know there's no singular person yeah. that was identified that hey he is the leader yeah. of the rice terraces you know and it's an irony yeah. it, how it, how how they see us you know yeah go but yeah that's that's an interesting perspective and i love the education here because you know i've missed out a lot uh yeah so i missed out on that life uh, experience uh veganism and all that stuff i mean to me uh, it to me that experience of it is somewhat something that i missed because of uh, being away and even when i was young i kind of missed those kanyaos because that was if if i were to if i were to reflect back and take my body back into the age when i was less than 5 years old i remember you know the the parties, the excessive parties were Kanyao, the dancing, mm-hmm. the bonfire. Yeah, yeah. Those were the life. 
that was the life. I mean, prior to the technology, that that life was really fun. It was just sad that you know when um, society evolved and the houses, all the houses started to become more paranoid. They wanted to protect each other, mm-hmm. and you know it's become more than. You know the the one thing I I, I love about Igorot is Igorot culture, not just Akanyao, is that there are those moments, these tiny f- fine moments where you get to know who you don't know, and you get to build a relationship with them, and you get to understand certain personalities. Although yeah, it it's it's hard, it's stressful, especially for the host, <laughs> you know. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a journey. It, it, It's one of the journeys that I really love about this life. Prior to Indian, Indian life is very, is very wide. It I think it deserves its own, <laughs> it deserves its own podcast mm-hmm. episode or series. But yeah, uh, <laughs> that's the the life here. Igoro, this uh, saying community, the life is very powerful, and yeah, I mean, yes, I, I never thought about it that way since you mentioned it. It's really interesting. So many things I love the, to the, share, but yeah. <laughs> the culture of the Cordillera, brother, mm. is more about the community rather than a singular person. That's the reason that we can never find a singular leader, no, from all of those history, because it's always about the community. The community will speak. The leaders would listen. It's it's always a communal decision, hmm. and whenever the elders would speak out, whenever the elders decide, the whole community listens. The whole community obeys. Hmm. Sometimes it's a kind of double-edged sword, hmm. especially right now because hmm. right now the the elders think differently on how us the millennials will think or how we would actually um decide on 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 things on matters you know mm. like uh my 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 cousin just died you know uh, i just buried him this 26 you know mm. he was the closest to me and we decided that we we have um a burial which was already a uh, christian burial hmm. you know and you know elders would always ask why why you know why do that why not why not butcher a pig why not do a kanya why not do this why not do that It's dying. You know? so That's sometimes it. there's yeah. a conflict right now yeah yes the, the culture is now having uh having the culture is the culture I... right now has having is having a lot of conflict maybe because of ideology because of technology because generation. of innovation the changes generation and of course fi- financial we need to accept the truth that before nobody was actually selling their pigs so it was because trade before barter yeah you trade you barter If you need a pig, you just borrow a pig from your neighbor mm. and you just return it after you have grown another one. Yeah, you know. But right now, the the commerce is different. Business yeah. is different. 
you pay everything in money. No? Back then, you could actually have a loan just by word of mouth, just by face value. Right now, you need a lot of credentials, a lot of qualifications in order for the bank to release just a meager amount of 50,000. Not even 50, it's mil. If especially if yeah. your if your household is that big, it's it's even more than a million. It's like you spent like your entire lotto and an entire thing. Yeah, but you know it, that right now life is so difficult because if like for example you just need fifty thousand mm. right now, mm. and you go to a bank, before the bank will provide you that fifty thousand, there are a lot of requirements and qualifications you need to submit. Yeah. Back then, if you need fifty thousand or even one hundred thousand, you just go to three neighbors and you just ask, "Can I please borrow money?" Mm. That's how simple life was, you know. That's how simple life was before. So you could see, um, you've mentioned a while ago that uh, you love the culture of the 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 Cordillians, the Igorots, because whenever. You get, you go to a party, you go to a canyon, you get to know people, even if you don't know them, you they are so friendly to you, you know. Mm-hmm. Because the Cordillerans, you know, the Cordillerans are friendly in nature. It is the character of the Cordillerans that everybody should eat. So if you're familiar with the canyon, we also mm-hmm. have what we call the wat-wat. Yeah. You know? Yeah, the that one I know is uh, for for the listeners out there for the um, for those who are not Cordillerans, the what what is it's like your takeout, mm. your takeout meat, and during the olden times, during those golden times, they would give you a plastic. It's like a kilo or two kilos of meat that you will bring home, and that's for free, you know. Hmm. And because during that time life was simple invitations during that time hmm. as long as you can see the smoke hmm. you're invited you're invited that's <laughs> why they say there, there's a saying here in the Cordilleras that when there's smoke there's fire and when there's fire there's meat yeah. you know as long as you can see the smoke you're invited That's how it is back then, but as I've mentioned, you know, life, life, transformed into something complicated. True. Financial, innovation, even are the ideology trans. You know, right now nobody practices mummification anymore. The Ibaloys were the, the 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 original. No headhunters of the Cordillerans. No, nobody practices this anymore. Nobody practices uh, tribal wars. Here, I'm talking about the Ibali culture, okay? Yeah. Because in some other Cordilleran culture, tribal war is still being practiced. You know? Yeah. But in the Ibali culture, we don't practice tribal war anymore. Mm. We get to court. You know, these are the changes that. kind of positive changes yeah. yeah it's positive but on some point there are some negative connotations also yeah. of those changes 
you know and yeah i do believe that there are some culture that should be retained there are some tradition that should be retained and there are some a lot there are some traditions that lowlanders would never understand you know hmm. what's hurt what's what's painful for us the cordillerans is that even in the books right now of the department of education in their books they say that an igorot is someone who has curly hair and who's actually having a black I heard skin. that. I heard that story. <laughs> They're pertaining to Aitas. Well, with all due respect to to the Aitas, they are the original aborigines of the Philippines, no? the Filipinos. I, heard I have that high story. respects to a lot of ethnicity. No? Uh. But what I'm saying is the Cordillerans are not Aitas. They think They, a lot imagine teaching kids that igorots look like aitas and when you come here to the cordillerans you will be amazed that the cordillerans are actually fair skinned and some are even having skin as white as koreans yeah you know? yeah and this this is the education system that we have that's why That's why people from the lowlanders would come to Baguio, come to the Cordillera, and they would say, ah, I would like to see an Igorot, you know. And I'm an Igorot. I'm in Manila. Hmm. They're already looking at me, and they would tell me, no, I would like to see a real Igorot. So, where the hell am I? I'm a fake Igorot. I was born and raised in the Cordillerans. My parents are Cordillerans. I'm a pure-blooded Igorot. You know, and you know, I think this is this is what we need to share to our brothers and sisters in the lowlands mm. that the Cordillerans look so much similar like them. Mm. Gone were the days that the Cordillerans were their bahag going to Session Road. You know, like you've mentioned. Back then, we only know Pinikpikan, but right now, we already have fried chicken. Mm. Baguio City was converted into Jolly Town. Yeah. Because when you walk <laughs> along Session Road, how many Jollibee franchises are there? You know? It's not actually counting anymore. It. The irony is I'm counting. One, two, yeah. three. Oh, really? Three. <laughs> three that I know from Session. <laughs> Plus, assumption, uh, that's four. No, that... For you know the Near old session ends. in Edana. five, that's yeah. five. Five, I think there's six. Six is SM. Uh, SM. Yeah. Ah, yeah, lower in uh, thing. Magsaysay. So, Seven. It's not, it's not already. <laughs> it's not already session road. It's already Jolly Town. You know, imagine how long is that? Is that street? Is it like around? Um, 500, 600 meters and you have like around 6, 7 Jollibee stores. Wow. wow. So, you know, these misconceptions of the Cordillerans needs to change. Hmm. There are misconceptions that Igorots have tails because they thought the Bahag is a tail. You know, <laughs> they, they thought that Igorots are short. Yeah. I'm 5'7 for Christ's sake. You know, my brother is 5'8. You 
So, you know, this 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 misconceptions and the misconception that an igorot is actually ignorant, stupid, uneducated. Maybe we just have different connotation of what education is. Yeah. We have a different perspective of what education is. You know. A lot of them are educated but not learned. Mm. A lot of them might have the master's degree, but they are not still learned. Our education in the Cordillera starts when we are young. It mm. does not start the moment we enter school. It's not end after five, after classroom. Our <laughs> education continues. Yeah. You know. So we are educated with without school. And within the school, mm. no, it's just so that we are educated in a different, um, in a different aspect, in a different focus, because Cordillerans are agriculture people. Mm. They, we are agriculturists, so it has been a long tradition that when you are a Cordilleran, automatically. You became a you become a farmer, mm. you know. We are an agrarian society. Mm. That's who the Cordillerans are, you mm. know. Only now, during the twenty first century, that things change because suddenly there are a lot who are having more dreams, bigger dreams, but. Honestly speaking, the majority of the Cordillerans have only like three choices. Mostly. Mm. I'm not saying all, but mostly. Mm. It's either they will enter being um, a man in uniform, mm. policeman, firefighter, soldier. Mm. Or they will be a teacher or an engineer. That's the three professions, the highest profession. In the Cordilleras, you know, and of course, if you don't fall under those three, hmm. you now become a driver, uh, um, you now become a farmer, you know, and all those other jobs. You know? So, this is how we were trained, this is how we were brought up, this is how we were educated hmm. because that's how the Cordilleras feel about men in uniform. That they are highly respected, that they should be, uh, they should be people who are righteous. You know. Unfortunately, not everybody in the Philippines feel the same way about it. And you know, as I've mentioned, we have a different perspective on a lot of things. Hmm. No, success, success. When we talk about success, a lot of people you know, would relate success to material things. Your house, money, uh, your, your, um, your cars, jewelries. That's how they would measure success. So when you can see an Igor, suddenly they, somebody would judge them that, hey, that person is so poor. That person is not successful. Hmm. When... In fact, we have a different connotation of success. You know, 
my grandmother, you know, Mama Rosa, mentioned to me what success is. And it was, I was, you know, yeah, this, my God, this, uh, this segment is really emotional right now. I'm, I'm being so emotional. But now my grandmother mentioned to me that hmm. success is not what you have. Success is who you are. Hmm. During that time, I, I don't understand it. Not, no. Success hmm. is what you have because this is how society built and defined success. Yeah. You know, I see my classmates having new clothes every uh, start of the classes, new bags, new shoes. They were having the most expensive watches. They hmm. were having the best phones. You know, and I I thought that was success. But success is not really on material things. Success means a lot of things to different people. And apparently for for the Cordillerans, success is not what you have. Hmm. It's who you are. Success is how high you bounce, how high you get up when you hit rock bottom. And that's success. You know? Failure is not the opposite of success. Failure is part of success. This, mm. These are the beliefs. These are the, the, the mentality. And this is how Cordillerans think. And we can't really force other people or other culture to really understand us, you know, because the, there would always be people who will never, never understand our culture. You know? And it's so funny, just a while back, I was in a meeting with, um, I was in an international meeting hmm. with people from Malaysia, Hong Kong, Denmark, uh, one from Africa, uh, Quito, Ecuador. And we were also talking about diversity in culture. Hmm. That if only we would embrace diversity in culture, you know, we would have a stronger community, a stronger society. And like you've mentioned, why is it the reason that in the Cordillerans, even if they don't know you, they are so friendly with you. Because they love diversity. They respect diversity. You know? Here in the Cordillerans, respect is so high that you could actually borrow money without any collateral. You enter into contracts without any paper. It's just word of mouth. But once you broke your promise, you will be ousted by the society or by the tribe. Yeah. The tribe would know who you are. You know, and it's so hard to get back into the tribe once you have done something wrong. Hmm. You know. So there you go. That's that's the culture. It's culture. Sometimes there are pros, there are cons. But you know, I, I do believe that 
what we need to do right now is just be human like what Brycon is always pushing for us to do just be human and be respectful of of the difference we just embrace diversity and we will be having a better society instead of judging other ethnicity instead of telling what's good what's best for them how can you know what's best for them when you don't live there how can you know what's best for them when you're just a tourist here right hmm. so there you know uh, different perspectives different thoughts but i think that's that's my that's my take on culture that's my take on diversity it's just a matter of respect being human you know interesting what do I've you always, think Rajiv? i've always wanted to have this conversation with you actually in my head i've wanted to have the a cultural conversation first but i never knew that we'd extend <laughs> um <yeah. laughs> i love it yeah i love it this yeah. has actually been the second Sorry, it I took think us second so long third, yeah second or third conversation that got me emotional because yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> I have a feeling that we are gonna cut short on the conversation perhaps yeah uh, I hope uh, I get you back in the Rajiv show let's talk about um, business venture the business the business side of it and oh, yeah. uh I hope you'd come back again. You know, I'd love to have you back in the Rajiv show. But before we wrap, yes, up, and it's time, brother. <laughs> before we wrap this entire conversation, of course, my listeners would love to connect with you via social media. How do they find you on social media, pal? Um, they could find me through my Facebook account. It's Nick Sutter Jr. and I C S A T U R. JR, or they could just Google me, you know. Um, and they could find my LinkedIn. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, I want to say thank you to my guest, uh, <laughs> Nick Sator, fellow Ibaloy, fellow Cordilleran. And I, I've learned a lot, learned a lot of perspective reflections. Uh, very So it's very informal, yeah. this conversation. I hope my listeners have picked up a thing or two also in this conversation. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much, Pal, for joining me in this conversation again. It's a pleasure being here, Rajiv. Anytime. I had fun. Thank you to all listeners. You know. And with that in mind, folks, cheers. I will see you in the next episode. <laughs>